So good morning, or good evening. My name is Mark Brown. My wife Sandy and I have been attending Grace Church for about 28 years now. And I'd like to start uh, uh, this message uh, with a little bit of an explanation as to why I am here. About 20 years ago, Brian Bitten asked me to meet for lunch. Now, I agreed only to find out uh, when we met that he had an ulterior motive, and that was he wanted to disciple me. Now, of course, the first thought that came to my mind was, why, what's wrong with me? But what Brian really wanted to do was encourage me to get into God's word, to become passionate about what I was reading. He gave me a notebook that first week, and he said, what I'd like you to do is to write down uh, what you're reading and what you're thinking about as you read, and let's get together next week and talk about it. So the next week we got together and Brian, all excited, said, so what did you read and, and what did you write down? And uh, I opened the book and showed him nothing. So he said, well, that's okay. Uh, let's get together next week and see how, how things go over the next week. So we got together the second week and the third week and he's still asking me with a certain level of excitement, so what was it that you read? And what notes did you put down? And so I opened the book and showed him once again, nothing. Brian today would admit that he was getting just a little bit frustrated, but you know, he never gave up. And for that, I would be forever grateful. That commitment by, by Brian 20 years ago turned into my deep love for God's word. And I've written my thoughts down uh, since that time and for the last 20 years. So when Brian asked me to speak, I had no choice but to say yes. And I have to say that to share about the things that I've studied and the things that I've written down is one of the greatest pleasures that I have in life. So that, that third week, uh, when Brian asked what I had written and I said nothing, uh, his response was, well, I know, Mark, that you like to talk. So maybe writing things down is not a good thing for you. So how about you talk to someone about it? And he said, so who would you talk to? And uh, it didn't take me but a moment to think, uh, well, I'd talk to my mother. And Brian said, well, why don't you give her a call and uh, see what she thinks? And I thought, I don't need to give my mother a call. My mother, who uh, loves God's word, uh, of course, she's going to want to talk to her son about what he's reading and what he's learning as he's reading. And uh, although I wouldn't listen to Brian uh, those 20 years ago, I did listen to my mom because my mom said, Mark, you should write this down. And so I did. You know, I was always annoyed by the preacher who, who spoke on Sunday morning and shared about uh, your devotions and how you need to read your Bible and that sort of thing. I think I was annoyed probably because uh, I was not very good at it. Uh, I was lazy about it. I never really got much out of it. But if I don't uh, get anything more out of this morning, if I could be just a little bit annoying and suggest that you read one verse, that you read a paragraph, or if you like, read a chapter. If you don't like writing things down, although I'd suggest that, find somebody to share your thoughts with. You know, it'll be the best thing that you've ever done. As a 43-year-old Christian at that time, uh, or even a 23-year-old Christian who finds it hard to read his or her Bible, 
And this morning or this evening, whatever time it is for you, I can encourage you anew to do just that. I would consider this message well worth it. The second book I studied after that encounter with Brian, and I studied it for 10 years, was the book of Proverbs. I worked through it slowly, literally verse by verse, and I wrote notes. And I wrote notes verse after verse after verse. And, uh, and then when I'd, I'd written the notes in, these, in a book like the one Brian gave me on that, that first meeting. And uh, I got to the end of it and I thought, oh boy, I should have put this into a computer. I should have put this into a document, uh, a, a Word document. And so I started uh, to do that and I thought, you know what, I'm gonna start again. And it was on the second time through, I was captivated by the first 10 verses of chapter three. You know, God has a plan when you open his word and his plan is to draw you in to his truth and to change you a little bit with every bit more that you read. And he wants to change you into being just a little bit more like Jesus. So through these verses, he drew me in and they've been a part of my life ever since. John admitted uh, a couple of weeks ago when he was uh, speaking from 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, that he wouldn't be able to finish that message in one week and he would, uh, he'll likely be coming back shortly to, to, to continue that message. And I, I have to tell you right now, I won't finish this message in one week either. Uh, and uh, Brian's already said that I can come back. So, um, so let's, get, let's begin. The words of Proverbs, for the most part, are attributed to King Solomon. And most of you will know that King Solomon was the second of the great kings of Israel after his father, David. Uh, upon becoming king, Solomon met God in a dream. And God said, Solomon, I'm gonna grant you one wish. Now it's important to note that Solomon was likely around 15 years of age when he became king of Israel. So here's God offering a wish uh, to a 15-year-old. And uh, I can just imagine what a 15-year-old today would wish for if given the opportunity. But Solomon, with all the wisdom that his dad, David, could pour into him, asked God for discernment to govern and to distinguish right from wrong. God granted him that desire and promised that there would never be anyone equal in discernment. In fact, God said, you know, there's never gonna be a guy wiser than Solomon. Now, some would argue that Solomon maybe uh, was not the wisest guy. I mean, after all, he married seven women. He had 300 mistresses after that. So we might argue that he was not wise after all. But as you read Proverbs, you will find timeless truths that can change your life. Wisdom, is valuable, but priceless if you practice it. So let's get into God's word. Now, when I, when I say get into God's word, it makes me uh, think of some of the things that I thought through as I studied the book of Proverbs. Now, the disciple John begins his story with, in the beginning was the word. This reference to Jesus as the word reminds me that as I read, I am being drawn into the word, I'm being drawn into Jesus. 
Another little side note before I begin reading was a real sense that as I studied Proverbs for all those years that wisdom is not something but a someone. So when I say let's get into God's word in Proverbs, you might interpret that as let's get into a whole lot of Jesus. Proverbs 3, 1 to 10, and I'll be reading from the NIV. And, and if you have a Bible along with you as you're listening to this, it's great, uh, helpful, I think. So it says, my son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. Write them, sorry, and write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. And I'm going to start again because I messed up that reading. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will find favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your own, with, uh, sorry, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim, brim over with new wine. I could stop right there, and there are a few of you listening that may have heard some of the amazing stuff that I read 15 years ago that caused me to pause. I'm sure some of you have heard Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. In fact, a couple of weeks ago on our Monday night prayer meeting, Betty Marr shared a bit of her story and she read those verses and just let us know the meaning that they had for her. <laughs> These were two verses that were written in the front of my Bible 46 years ago by my girlfriend, Sandy. Uh, we're not going to get to five and six this week, but boy, they have a lot of meaning for me 46 years later. So let's go back to those 10 verses again, pick out a few things from them. Did you see the highlights? Did you see the promises that Solomon made his kids if they listened a little better and to what he was trying to teach him, teach them? He says in verse one and two, again, my son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Did you hear the promise? They will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Verses three and four say, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Again, the promise. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God. Now that is cool. And man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Again, the promise, he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. And the promise, this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. And the last two verses, nine and 10, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. 
Then your barns will be filled overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. The promise. Then your barns will be filled overflowing and your vats brim over with new wine. Let, let me just go through those highlights, those promises once again. You know, who of you listening today would not like to live a long, prosperous, and peaceful life? To find favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. That every day would be a walk in the park. That you would enjoy a healthy body and be the owner of overflowing barns and vats brimming with new wine. The answer, of course, would be, yeah, we'd like just about all of those things. Although you might take a pass on the full barns. But let's be real, though. I'm not going to feed you some secret sauce that can start your day tomorrow walking some straight path with a teenage body. Everyone is going to admire you, including God, and of course, you will live 100 years in a honking big mansion. But I can promise you that there are some awesome principles here laid out by the wisest man in history. Now, I'm told that I can get off on tangents and I have everything written down, but I'm still gonna head off in my tangents anyhow. When you read the book of Proverbs, I use the word promises and I think sometimes they're misconstrued as promise after promise. Of course, we will probably agree with most of the words if we read through the book of Proverbs, but they are not really promises. I like to think of them as likely outcomes. Another little uh, tangent that I'll just run off on for a second here. You know, there are 31 chapters in Proverbs. Now, I think whoever organized that must have thought that there were 31 days in the month, in, most, in some of our months, anyhow. And, and uh, so my mom and dad actually used that principle, and they used to read a chapter of Proverbs every day. So you know that in February, my parents were exceptionally wise. If you want to start in Proverbs, if, you, if, if this actually gets you to think about this, I suggest you start in Proverbs 10. And the first verse of Proverbs 10 starts the Proverbs of Solomon. So I think you're in the right spot. And uh, just for example, a couple of the things, and, and just thinking about promise or likely outcome. Verse one goes on to say, a uh, a wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son brings grief to his mother. A promise to father, mother, and son? Not likely, but a likely outcome? I think so. Another from that 10th chapter is, would be verse 12. Hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers over all wrongs. Is that a promise to everybody in the conflict? No, but certainly a likely outcome. So we could go on for years looking at and analyzing the words of Solomon, but I, I, would, I would at least recommend that you have a look from time to time. So as we go through the verses in chapter 3, 1 to 10, we'll be looking at them as likely outcomes. There are some points that I would say are absolutes and that they are promises, and we'll probably agree or disagree on those, but that's okay. So let's go back and start again in chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Again, it says, my son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Again, the promise of long life, peace and prosperity. 
But you know, that one of the things that I, with, with the, I like to have fun as I read, and I, I really enjoy the analysis of this kinds of thing. And, and I looked at it and I said, you know, there's so much to this, these first two verses. And, uh, you know, it starts out with Solomon as a teacher. He says, do not forget my teaching. Now Solomon had a great teacher. He would begin things just the way his dad did. One of the other real gems that I have, uh, I've always remembered uh, from, from one that I read years ago was when David said in Psalm 34, 11 to 14, come my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies, turn from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. It was Solomon's dad, David, who planted the seed in his mind to teach his kids. You see why I can't get this done in one morning. What a great lesson embedded here for dads and moms. It was David who taught Solomon his most important lessons. It was his dad who first taught him the fear of the Lord. Now, if you go back to the beginning of Proverbs, you'll see that where David very early, or sorry, Solomon very early on says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Solomon was, Solomon was taught in such depth about God by his dad. And now he's passing that knowledge on to his kids. You know, I, I have had the greatest blessing of having two amazing teachers in my life. The first, I don't know that she even finished high school. She certainly didn't have a degree but I would say she had a master's in being a mom. My mom was a woman full of grace and love. She taught us kids by example how much she feared God, how much she loved his word, how much she loved our dad, and how much she loved each of us, her kids. You know, just like Solomon, quoting David, now over 10 years after my mom passed away, I still quote her. And you know what I quote? I quote the scripture that she shared, from, shared with me. The second great teacher in my life that I still have is my wife, Sandy. Sandy is the second woman in my life full of grace and love. She has taught me, my children, and now my grandchildren by awesome example, just how much she fears God in the way in which she sacrificially loves each one of us. So the first thing that we see as we read these verses is our responsibility as teachers. Whoever we are as an adult, we have a responsibility to teach, to set an example. You may not have, a, have had a great example growing up. I, I remember the story from um, Pastor James in Lesotho who said, you know, I can't preach about God as a loving father because all of the fathers in Lesotho go to South Africa to work in the mines. And then when they come home from the mines, they're expected to do all the discipline that they didn't do while they were on the, in the mines. And so, you know, how can you teach about a loving father? You know, it doesn't matter whether we have had a good example, it doesn't change what we teach our kids, and it certainly doesn't change what Solomon taught his. So teaching was the first thing I saw. The second thing that I saw was how the one that Solomon directly addresses to his kids. Don't forget and keep my commands in your heart. Listen to your teachers. 
If you feel like you've never had a good teacher or role model, then I have a real treat for you. <laughs> Try starting in Matthew and read the words in Matthew. Read the words of Jesus. The greatest teacher, the greatest example, and the ultimate in role models <laughs> that you can ever read. And if you remember his teaching and take his commands to heart, it'll change your life. Uh, many of us would know uh, the company Eagles Flight. Uh, they're a local company that delivers experiential training. And several years ago, years ago I used them in uh, training many of the groups that I worked with. They had a game called Gold of the Desert Kings. Some of you may, ha may have played it, may remember actually this teaching. To win the game, outright, it was important to ask the old man. Now, of all the groups that I played with, in my recollection, only one group ever asked the old man all the questions that they could ask. Why? Because they were afraid that people would get ahead of them. Uh, and um, they didn't want to take the time. You know, great lessons within there, great lessons for us now, as Solomon teaches here, take the time to learn, take the time to listen, and take the time to ask the appropriate questions. When we stop, when we listen, when we remember and commit to our hearts this teaching, there is no risk. <laughs> we, we need to take that time. And Paul, Solomon says that if you do, it'll prolong your life many years and you'll enjoy peace and prosperity. Sorry, let me throw another little observation in here and I know that I run off on these things. Uh, um, but anyhow, Solomon told his children to not forget and keep his, com his commands in their heart. Now, I'm sure Diana Gamble will think that I'm butchering this, but if you've ever done personality testing, which I know a lot of people are into and do these days, you'll likely have heard of some of the pioneers in that area, which were the mother-daughter uh, pair of Myers-Briggs. Part of their testing concluded that some of us make decisions based on our feelings or emotion, and some of us make decisions based on our thoughts or our mind. And uh, so they called them feelers and thinkers. And look at the words again. Solomon knew all about personality testing 3,000 years ago. He pioneered it long before Myers-Briggs. You know, commit these things to your mind if you're a thinker. Commit these things to your heart if you're a feeler. Bef before we close today, uh, and it sounds like I'm wrapping up, but I'm, I'm not quite there yet. Um, let's talk a bit about that likely outcome. Uh, so, uh, and that would be the live long and prosper part. Now, I, I had to do that. I, 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 I couldn't, I, I've been wanting to do it since the beginning, but uh, sh you should look up uh, where Spock got his patent um, Vulcan message uh, or greeting in Star Trek. Do you know that Leonard Nimoy was Jewish? And he actually came by that patent Vulcan greeting during a worship service in a synagogue. Uh, and the worshipers would spread their hand like that. And he tells us that it symbolized the letter Shin in Hebrew, which is the first letter of God and peace. That's, the, that's his story anyhow. Now does God or Solomon promises on this earth that we will live a hundred years in a mansion in perfect peace. No. What Solomon suggests is that 
if you remember and keep the following commands, you will be much more likely to enjoy a long and prosperous and peaceful life. How long is long life? Well, eternity is certainly a long time. Um, I might suggest that if you remember and follow these commands, no matter how long life is, it certainly will not be a drag. Jesus' teaching was so countercultural. He even suggested that we love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. Um, so when we think about prosperity, <laughs> to the world, prosperity is how big is your bank account, how big is your house, how new, how fancy is your car. Um, Jesus gave us one command, and that command was to love. So we'll get into that next time in verses three and four. But that one command to love should give us a sense of the kind of prosperity that Jesus thought of, what he thought of prosperity. And it certainly had nothing to do with things. It had everything to do with people. You know, as we've gone through these last 18 months, um, the, uh, the greatest pleasure that I have had has been our WhatsApp that we call Fam Jam with my kids. And uh, many days I'll get pictures of our grandchildren and that is the greatest pleasure I've had. You know, so if, if I really wanted to give you a sense of what prosperity looks like to me, it's the pictures that I see every day of my 12 grandchildren. So peace is an interesting word. Long life, prosperity, and peace. And peace is a peace, uh, Jesus is described as the Prince of Peace. Some of you may, uh, that, you, that, that, you list, that are listening may wonder how on earth can someone have peace, especially in all this turmoil? And I, I really would suggest uh, that you go back and listen to Stephen's message from last week. And Stephen really concluded with how can we have peace in turmoil? And that is that we look for the promises of God and know that he keeps his promises. So there's no commands really in these first two verses. I've, I've really only given you a, 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 an introduction uh, to what will be the next eight verses of the different things that Solomon tells his kids. And uh, we're gonna get to that uh, next time and it will give us a little bit more of a sense in that long, prosperous, peaceful life. So we'll pick it up there next time. And uh, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the word. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for all the wonderful messages that you have planted in scripture for us. And I pray that each of us will find those nuggets that you planted specifically there for us in our lives to bring us into that life of peace and prosperity. In Jesus' name, amen.